The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. This is a two-generational podcast with me, a millennial, and my mom, who's a baby boomer. And this episode spotlights the relationships adult children have with their parents. And those relationships really come into focus during the holidays when families get together or perhaps don't get together because those relationships are strained. And to help us explore relationships between parents and their adult children, we welcome social psychologist and author Susan Newman to the show. Susan is the author of several books, including Under One Roof Again, All Grown Up and Relearning to Live Together Happily, and The Book of No, 365 Ways to Say It and Mean It and Stop People-Pleasing Forever. Susan, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be here. Why is it that the holiday season tends to force simmering issues to the forefront between parents and their adult children? The holidays, with or without family, are tension-ridden. They're overflowing. But during the holidays, families get together more. There are more demands on um, performance. Yes, you're going to bring a pie and you're going to make mashed potatoes. And there's just so much going on. And you have more people to deal with. You may have in-laws. You may have grandchildren. Uh, So there's a lot of people vying for the adult child's time, attention, and loyalty, actually. Are you coming to be with us or are you not going to be with us? Around the holidays, adult children come back to visit and they often stay at their parents' house. How can boundaries be set on both sides so that there aren't any big arguments? Well, when they come home, um, you are going to your parents' house. You want to respect their rules. But also, you you don't want to revert back to your mommy-child, mommy-daddy-child roles. Many adult children do this. For some reason, we've been seeking approval of our parents our entire lives. And so when we come home for the holidays... Uh, or at any point, we fall back into the same roles. Mom's going to pick up our laundry. Mom's going to have dinner on the table. Mom's going to take care of me. And the adult child goes back to his or her 10-year-old self saying, oh, this is a good deal. I'm getting everything done. And you fall back into the same patterns. Parents who aren't aware start criticizing they are asking for your time, your your attention, when as an adult, you may have friends you want to see, don't want to have dinner home every night. So that's where the conflicts rise. And how should you deal with those conflicts when they crop up without making it unpleasant, without getting hurt feelings? How do you deal with those things? 
Not easily. Of course, it depends on the parent. Yeah. But nobody's a mind reader. And you have to say what's upsetting you and what's bothering you. And you can do it nicely. Remember, we're in patterns of years and years ago. And parents often have no idea that they are criticizing you. They're completely unaware that it's a habit or they're asking too many questions or they're interfering in your love life or they're telling you to go comb your hair. That happens to be a personal issue, by the way. (laughs) My dad was always saying, I have very curly hair. Go comb your hair. Well, it's unruly. That's the way it is. And he never realized that that upset me. So once I said, Dad, stop telling me to go comb my hair, that went away. And it's the same with stop telling me what I should be doing about a job hunt. I have really good people advising me. Parents just don't understand that they've slipped back into the patterns they had. And the best way to handle that is to bring it up really nicely and say, we need to work around this. And if that doesn't work, then what you may want to do is just make certain topics off limit. We're not discussing my weight. We're not discussing my love life. And that's how it is. And I'm curious to know, with all of your experience, if you've seen that parent-child relationships typically improve as the children become adults or if they worsen. That's going to vary by family to family. If the adult child can keep a sense of humor and say, oh, my mother's always been this way, I'm not going to change her and kind of laugh about it, laugh about where she puts the paper towels, let's say, in some absurd place in the house um, or belittles you in front of other people while you can mention it, it may not change. That's something that's really interesting because I was thinking about how with my mom and I, and my mom is my co-host, obviously, um, how a couple of old arguments tend to come up every time we have a fight. And I'm wondering if that's pretty common or if that's just something that happens between the two of us. Well, that's what I was saying about calling something off limits. If you say, you know, we've had this argument over and over. And it does come up a lot in many families. The same issues keep coming up and coming up. And the best thing to do probably is to agree to disagree. I mean, that's particularly true if you have a political divide in your family. I mean, you really, and around the holidays, you definitely want to stay away from that subject. So you think the best thing to do when politics are concerned is just to try and avoid it if you think that bringing it up at the holiday dinner table is going to cause trouble? Oh, absolutely. I would absolutely say do not bring up politics, especially now. If you know there's someone who's not on the same page as you are, that can cause a horrible rift. And actually, uh, there have been instances where it ruins the whole holiday dinner or the whole holiday getting together. And what ideas do you have for that all too common situation where the parents don't like the child's partner, but the child wants to bring home that partner for the holidays? Oh, that's a sticky situation. The parents need to back off. This is the person you love. One of the better things to do is tell your parents how wonderful this man or woman is to you. Talk about his strong points. Let them know in advance that he's caring and giving and he is thoughtful. 
that will help a lot. That's probably the best thing you can do. I mean, if your parents absolutely don't want him or her in the house, you might say, well, then we're not coming home this year or I'm not coming home this year. And what happens, though, is we're all afraid to say no to our parents. We don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't want to hurt them. But when you make any changes, if you're changing a holiday tradition, for example, or in this case, when you say you're making it so difficult for me, I want to be with you and I want to be with him. Parents will ease up. They will soften when they realize that this man or woman is the love of your life and that he has all these good points and that by saying we don't want him here, you're making my life miserable and uncomfortable. Now, what if this new love of your life wants you to spend the holidays with their family? How do you deal with that? Uh (laughs) That is so tricky. This is even a problem when you're married to that love of your life. And there are now two families to deal with. What you can do is, you know, off the bat, say, this is how we're handling it. We're alternating holidays. We're coming to you this year and to his family next year. Or you can suggest that you celebrate the weekend before or the weekend after the actual holiday. I tried that this Thanksgiving It didn't go over so well. How come? I I was trying to set up for next year to have my son and daughter-in-law and assorted other people return because we had such a good time. But I know next year is my daughter-in-law's family time to be together for Thanksgiving. And she looked at me and she said, really? You're planning a year in advance? (laughs) (laughs) But generally, that works. In most families, I mean, you you have to be realistic. There are two families and there are two kids and you have to divide up the goods, as we call our adult children. If they're grandchildren, that makes it even more complicated. You could also do, if you live close by, you can do Christmas Eve with one family and then Christmas Day with another. There are ways to balance it. Our Nobody Told Me conversation continues as we help spread the word about our sponsor, Blissy. Blissy, spelled B-L-I-S-S-Y, makes all kinds of products to help you get a great night's sleep. I've been sleeping on a Blissy Mulberry Silk pillowcase this past week, and it's made a wonderful difference in the quality of my sleep. Me too. Seriously, because silk is what's best for your hair and your skin. It reduces frizz, tangles, and prevents breakage. That's because it keeps the moisture in your hair and keeps your skincare products and natural moisture on your skin, unlike cotton does. With the Blissy pillowcase, you can say goodbye to wrinkly skin in the morning and wake up with healthier and shinier hair you can be proud of. I love I love the way my skin looks and the way my hair feels after sleeping on a Blissey pillowcase. And I love the fact that Blissey's pillowcases regulate temperature, keeping you cool at night. The entire pillow is cool to the touch. No more sweaty nights spent tossing and turning as you search for the cool side of your pillow. Blissey pillowcases are made of 100% mulberry silk, which is naturally hypoallergenic, so you can sleep more comfortably without itching or rashes. And unlike other silk pillowcases, Blissey's are machine washable and durable. 
With the holidays just around the corner, why not give the gift of better sleep? And what better gift could you give? And Blissey products come in gift-ready packaging. Blissey is the 2021 Good Housekeeping winner for Best Bedding, so you can rest assured that you're giving a great gift. Everybody loves them. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone, even kids. They have over 1 million raving fans, and you could be next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com slash nobody and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash nobody and use code nobody to get an additional 30% off. Your skin and hair will thank you. Sleep better with Blissey and use code nobody to get an additional 30% off at blissey.com slash nobody. And Blissey has set up a great web page for our listeners. So if you're looking for a better night's sleep for yourself or someone on your gift list, check out the wonderful products and fantastic deals at blissey.com slash nobody. I found that with my sister, we're often, and I I hate to say this on the air with my mom, but we're often criticizing our parents and how they can be a better parent. But to reverse it, how can we as adult children be better children to our parents? Good question, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'm doing, right? Yeah, really, you're a smart girl. Smart girl. (laughs) Okay, well, just... All in general, forget you know the holidays, yes, but also all the time. You want to be inclusive. You want to keep your parents informed. If you have a child and the child reaches a milestone, um, you want to let them know if there if you have a job change or a promotion. If you are thinking of buying a new house. You want to keep your parents in the loop. Another way to do that is to ask for their expertise. You may have a parent who's an expert gardener or a good gardener. Ask for tips. If going back to the buying a house or looking at an apartment and they've moved around a lot, they're going to know what questions you want to ask a realtor or what you want to look for when you're looking at a house. Share information about a book you read or an article you've seen that you think your parents would enjoy. And for parents who live far apart, you know, far away from their adult children, there's all kinds of video conferencing you can do so that you have an inclusive bond that stays solidified. Which brings up another question for you with regard to the quality of relationships adult children have with their parents. I'm wondering how you feel about making most of the communication via text or telephone, brief telephone calls instead of in person. Do you have concerns about the impact that has on the quality of a relationship? That is so age related. Now, my husband does not text at all. I mean, forget it. So, you know, if if he were going to text one of the children, that would be out of the question for him to keep in contact. I do think text is fairly impersonal for such a close relationship. Phone calls definitely are a good way to do it. And video calls, especially if you have young children, grandparents love to see the kids. And and a way, a point I think I would make or I want to make is that sometimes parents are intrusive. Aha, 
my mother had a knack for always calling at the wrong time when I was getting the kids dinner or something to that effect and rushing to get out to work. One of the things that makes it more pleasant for everybody is setting a time when you know your adult child and your parent are both free to talk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be, um, I know someone who calls her mother every Sunday morning at 10 or Saturday morning at 10 or whatever it is, so that it doesn't feel as if your parent or your adult child is barging into your life at, at its busiest time. But you know what, I have to say one thing in favor of texting. And that is that I kind of like the constant stream of communication, it allows me to have with my parents. And, you know, there doesn't have to be a long phone call, but they feel really included. I can send photos throughout the day. And I recently got two dogs. And so I can send those photos and they feel included. And then when I do see them in person, it's a really good conversation topic. And I I think it has kind of added to the closeness that I feel with my parents. I'm sure it's different for everybody, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I th- it's a great way to stay connected. That is true. Um, but there's something also about hearing the person's voice and the intonation, uh, the tone that you get in a phone call. I agree. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just adding that as another layer. No, I, I totally agree with that. I used to call my mother every day, you know, after she was widowed. And it was just a wonderful way to stay connected. And she's no longer with us. But I just I couldn't really imagine just texting her. You know, it just I think it has to be supplemental. Right. I definitely don't think you could do it on on its own. Right. And it's a generational thing, too. If texting is the only way you have to communicate, then, yeah, that I guess that's the way to go. But, um, you know, I, I'm wondering this, too. What can you do if you've had an estranged relationship with your parents or with your adult children and you'd like to mend it over the holidays? Where do you start? You start with a phone call or a text. You can say, you know, I'm unhappy with the way our relationship is. What can I do to help try to repair it? Is there a time during the holidays when we can get together? That's, That's one approach. If it's estranged and it's been difficult for long, long periods of time, you might start with, I'm thinking of you, hope your holidays are good, and we can get together in the coming year or in the next few months you know, ease into it by saying, what can I do to help us get back to having a closer relationship? You're offering to be the person making the effort. You know, I think you had one of the most attention-grabbing titles of any article I've ever seen, and it was on Psychology Today. It was called, Are You Your Millennial Child's New Spouse? Can you explain that a little bit? Well, millennials are not getting married, for one. And they're often in their adult child's life too much. That's how I would explain that. How can you bring up a touchy issue with your parents or your adult children during the holidays? Say, for example, that the adult child wants to come out as gay or the parents are splitting up after all these years. These are tough conversations. Do you think the holidays are the time to bring them up? Uh, No. I don't. Another one to add on that list is when you're having a baby and when you're getting married, 
Those are all so personal that I would save them for another time. The, the coming out as gay for some parents would be jarring, and you want to do that when there are guests and many people all around. I think those are private conversations that are, are not necessarily favorable for holiday discussion. What advice do you have for parents who have adult children who are moving back in? Have an exit plan that's a hope for date, and it could be a year, six months. And of course, most parents are not going to toss their adult child out of the house. You go back and revisit that plan. That would be point one. I would discuss with my adult child what his or her responsibilities are. Are you going to help with the yard work? Assuming that this person has a job, what are you going to contribute financially? And it can be a very tiny amount of money, but it makes the son or daughter feel as if she is helping and is contributing. If you have strong feelings about having sleepovers with the opposite sex or same sex, and it is your house, you can state those. I would also ask my child that he or she let me know when she's not coming home for dinner. And I would advise both adult child and parents not to alter their social lives so that they are at the beck and call of each other, because eventually that this is particularly for the parents, eventually you know, the, this goes back to what I said earlier about uh, slipping back into your mommy child roles. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to start doing your child's laundry and having dinner on the table for him every night. But eventually that adult child is going to leave. And if you've given up your friends and your book club and your golf and your volunteer work to always be available for your adult child, you're going to be very unhappy when he or she leaves. What are the best ways to prevent arguments or hurt feelings between adult children and parents when either side senses that they might be on the horizon? To stop and think before you speak uh, would be one way. And just not going back to old issues that aggravated parent or child through the growing up years. There are so many hot button issues when you're a kid that can stay in place as you get older. You know, if your son or daughter comes in and throws her belongings all over the house, as she did as a teenager, and it drives you crazy, it may be smart just to look the other way and not start an argument. One of the big issues that comes up in most families that is tension-ridden and causes so much hurt is parents harping on a usually a daughter's weight issue, telling her you know, what she she shouldn't be eating this or she shouldn't be eating that. Parents need to think about what went on and adult children when they were younger and not go back to those habits of babying the baby you know, for a parent. Those are some of the things that would help keep it calm, keep the situation calm, and also realize that you, the adult child, is an adult, and parents need to understand that this isn't the same person who left their house 
four years ago to go to college or eight years ago to go to work in some other state and is coming back, or even if they haven't moved anywhere, you know, as children grow, they get different perspectives, they get different habits, they have different ways of interacting with other people and different beliefs or may have different beliefs than their parents do. And parents would be wise to respect the changes and the differences and understand that this may have been your child once at one point, but it's now an adult. And as a child, I always felt that I wanted my parents to be proud of me, but I felt like there was a real shift once I entered my 20s and I really wanted my parents' respect instead. How can adult children try to gain the respect of their parents if they still think their parents are seeing them as that child? I think by standing up for yourself, by telling your parents what upsets you, what annoys you that they are still doing, by changing if it makes you less stressed, changing a holiday tradition, um, moving a holiday celebration to your house instead of their house where it has always been, letting them understand that you have traditions that you would like to start on your own. Those are all ways for parents uh, to respect you as an adult. And I'm very interested in the fact that you say the fallout from changing traditional holiday family plans and traditions is rarely as bad as we envision it might be. Explain more about that. Yeah, well, when you say to your parents, we're not coming this holiday on the day and dates that you have outlined, it's not going to work for us. We're, for whatever reason, parents have a bond with their children that they don't want to break. And if you tweak a tradition or change a tradition or change you know, anything about your relationship, they are going to come to respect you as an adult. And they're also, because they don't want to change, they don't want to break off the relationship with you. It's probably one of the most important things in their lives. They will come around to your way of thinking and the fallout is not going to be what you think it will be like a huge blow up. And one thing I think parents and adult children really need to realize is that you can't make everybody happy. And if you're going to a holiday or a birthday celebration or whatever it is, a family event, and you don't want to be there, this is the adult child, you're going to be miserable, you're going to be stressed, and you're going to be unhappy. And that's not going to make for a festive occasion. You need to say what you want and hopefully compromise. And, you know, above all, don't lie. (laughs) That's my big thing. Because what you're trying to do is avoid feeling guilty. Right. And if you if you lie about something, you're going to feel horribly guilty, you know, in, in the way of, um, oh, we can't come because it, I have to go to so-and-so's birthday party when so-and-so is not having a birthday for another 10 months. You will feel guilty. And embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> right. If they find out, oh, right. that's not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one other thing I, I really wanted to talk about with 
respect with the mother-daughter relationship specifically. Mm-hmm. My my sister and I um, were having this discussion just a couple months ago about how when you're younger, you think of your parents as people who know everything and they're almost superheroes. And as you get older, you realize that they're just regular people. And I think that's been something that's actually really changed my relationship with with both of my parents, certainly with my mother. But, you know, just realizing that she's human and we have more in common than I thought. That's absolutely true. It's one of the points I make in Under One Roof Again, and it it applies whether you live together or not, that as an adult or adult child in your case, you you get to know your parents as people rather than as your parents who are giving you orders and reprimanding you and telling you what to do and when, so that as adults, you have the opportunity to explore interests together, to talk about events going on in the world or in your community. So, you know, there is definitely a shift. And you tend to start treating each other you know, this is the ideal, more as friends than as parent and adult child. Susan, our show is called Nobody Told Me, and we always ask our guests, what's your nobody told me lesson? What is it that nobody told you about relationships between parents and their adult children that you kind of had to learn on your own or that you wish someone had told you? That you can speak up as the child and that you can be your own person, and that you don't have to please your parents 100% of the time. They're still going to love you regardless. <laughs> they will love you no matter what. That's true. That's true. And Susan, how can people connect with you on social media or read some of your great articles? Uh, they can go to my website, which is www.susannewmanphd dot com or they can find me on psychology today by searching for Susan Newman. Susan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Happy holidays. Same to you. Our thanks to social psychologist Susan Newman, author of several books, including The Book of No, 365 Ways to Say It and Mean It and Stop People Pleasing Forever, and also Under One Roof Again, All Grown Up and Relearning to Live Together Happily. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us. 